Welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. Hey everyone, it's Hannah here, bringing you a very special bonus episode for World Mental Health Day. The theme this year is mental health in an unequal world, and I'm really excited to introduce my guest and friend, Max Cohen. Max is a counsellor, trainer and group facilitator based in Exeter. He is founder and director of It's All About You Wellbeing CIC for LGBTQ plus communities in Southwest England. Max is passionate about creating space to enable LGBTQ plus people to talk about themselves, what affects their well-being, and help them develop resources to live their best lives. Hi, Max. How are you? Hi, Hannah. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for inviting me today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks for being here. It's great. And I know, so Max and I know each other from um, the School for Social Entrepreneurs program that we're both currently on. And we've spent a year doing virtual learning. So we've seen a lot of this view of each other um, and never actually met in person, but it will be soon. I'm very excited. <laughs> it will be good to really to see you um, in person. Yeah, because Zoom and everything has been great. But um, yeah, it's just that sort of one-to-one contact, isn't it? Sometimes that's kind of really needed. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know how tall anyone is. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, know. I know. I think people will be surprised um, how short I am actually <laughs> when they meet me. But that's another story. So um, Oh, yeah. it's magic. So thank you so much for joining me today. This is a really special episode and I know that you feel as passionately about this topic as me. So why don't we just dive straight in and you tell us a bit about your mental health story? Yeah, thanks, Hannah. Um, Yeah, so um, as you said, I'm a a counsellor, trainer and group facilitator. Um, So I do support um, people who are um, LGBT plus people um, with their mental health and well-being. Um, And, you know, one of the things I also just started doing, actually, since we've been on School for Social Entrepreneurs, is actually talk about my own uh, lived experience um, and my mental health story. Um, So, yeah, um, sort of growing up, um, uh, you know, as a a child and a young person, um, I always had a feeling that um, my gender was different to um, what was assigned at birth. So, um, and it didn't really make a lot of sense to me as a real young person, but um, uh, sort of going through puberty, um, I realised that, um, yeah, I had, uh, you know, gender dysphoria. So that being my sense of my identity uh, is different from my sex assigned at birth. So at birth, I was assigned female at birth. Um, so at school, I went to, uh, you know, went to school, had to wear skirts and, um, you know, uh, go and stand in the girls line for different things. Um, but I always realised actually my gender identity, I was male. So obviously there's a sort of a mismatch between um, how I um, experience the world around me and also how society sort of treated me. Um, so this really sort of uh, sort of impacted on on my life really um, in a lot of ways. Um, so I felt that I was very depressed and had a lot of anxiety growing up. Um, and I think it was only really when I started to um, you know to look into counselling and to actually you know try to find resources myself to kind of I don't know um, you know sort of make things better for myself in a way. Um, that that things really clicked um so yeah so I'm trans I'm a trans man um 
I'm actually at the age of 53 now, um, but I only came out as trans um, at the age of 47. So, you know, having been from, you know, a a youngster, young person um, to the age of 47, you know, living and presenting as as a as a woman. um, Yeah, has all sorts of sort of implications, really. Um, So I guess um, one of the things I've I've been doing recently, actually, is a lot of self-care. So I've been doing a lot of um, compassionate mindfulness. Um, so for me, um, it's about uh, being present in the moment um, and it's about trying not to, you know, look to my past and ruminate about the things and also to try not to look to the future and, you know, feel really anxious about things coming up. Um, so this has really helped and it's, you know, it sounds a really simple thing to do, but um, it, it really takes a lot of practice. So um I've been doing a lot of that in in different ways. So so going to groups myself, but also, um, you know, learning the skills to pass on to other people. So I do this, you know, with my clients and also in groups as well. Um, So another part of compassionate mindfulness is about being kind to myself or being kind to to oneself, Um, because it's often seen that, um, you know, we can be compassionate to other people, but being compassionate to ourselves is really, really tricky. And this is really something that I've sort of growing up with that kind of realization that, you know, I presented in the world differently to, to how I've sort of identified, um, sort of held quite a lot of shame for me. So, um, you know, for all sorts of reasons, it was really difficult for me to sort of verbalize what was going on for me at the time. Um, so, yeah, so I'm being I'm doing a lot of work around sort of my life story. Um, so going back to, you know, the time when I was growing up um, and sort of making sense of it. Um, so, you know, making it positive, um, you know, for me. Um, and I, I find it's really interesting, actually, because even though I've I've all you know got that sort of sense of shame, um, I'm working towards feeling really proud of who I am. And, um, you know, sort of proud of the journey that I've walked on. Um, so, um, yeah, so I guess for me it's about, um, so, yeah, when I did come out, I had a real crisis of identity. So that was at the point, yeah, age 47, I was like, ah, oh, I really need to do this to, for my, you know, sort of sense of, of peace of mind and, um, you know, uh, who I am and going forward in the world. Um and I guess, um, yeah, since that time, I've, yeah, it was a real big weight off my shoulders once I, you know, verbalised it. Um, and I had to really let go of the outcome and and say to myself, you know, if other people don't like it, well, that's that's not anything that I can be, you know, I can't control how other people are going to um, take this information. Um, so I've worked hard on, um, yeah, just being with myself um, and sort of yeah um yeah using different sort of self-care things really so yeah one of the things I do is um I talk to other people about it so I verbalize what's in my head which can be a bit um tricky at times um and I found it really helpful to talk to other peers um with lived experience uh yeah of of mental ill health at times but also other trans people and non-binary people that can really help uh 
talking to um, trusted people around me, you know, my wife and family, other professionals. And also I talk to my cat a lot. So um, sometimes he answers, you know, in his own little way, but um, I find that really helpful. Um, So verbalizing things. Um, Also walking in nature. So looking at the different sort of seasons around um, and then the trees and flowers, I find really, really helpful. Um, and music as well so I've got different playlists that I make up for myself um, for different moods um, and that really helps so you know if I'm in a like I don't know need some something to lift me I'll I'll, I'll play a certain playlist uh, or if I need something to calm me I'll play a different sort of soothing playlist um, and I also uh, sing in a choir as well so it's quite it's brilliant because uh, I get to I don't know, harmonise with other people. And um, it's a really great um, sort of connection with other people as well. So. Amazing. I never um, knew that, that you sing in a choir. Oh, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ordinarily we would go out and do, uh, you know, sing at different events and things. So um, it's that kind of sense of um, connectedness with other people. And because it's an LGBT plus choir as well, we, we go and sing at um, pride events across Amazing. the southwest so um yeah so that's that's really really good um and we've just started meeting face to face again now so oh that's lovely really, really special so um yeah that's cool yeah um so I'm not quite sure um if I've covered you know I've covered a fair bit but is there anything else you'd like to know um so I think there's a couple of things to unpick from what you said. Mm. And I think, yeah. I think for me, shame is a really kind of, is a, is a constant theme through all of, you know, when we're talking about mental health, when we're talking about yeah. gender or sexuality or the things that make us who we are, shame is a really yeah. kind of big thing that can really um, have such a huge kind of and long lasting impact on us and how we view ourselves and the people around us. And I guess I just want to unpack a little bit about, you know, it's really hard. So when I, you know, I've struggled with my mental health and for a long time, I was really ashamed. You know, I grew up feeling like I was broken and there was something inherently bad about me that meant I felt this way and I couldn't be like my peers. And um, it was only when, uh, as I became an adult and I started talking about things and actually it was probably mainly when I had postnatal depression that somehow in my mind seemed like a more acceptable form of mental illness (laughs) so I was able to talk about that and like as a result other stuff started coming out and I started to have those conversations and I think it's only by having those conversations and talking about it that 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 shame can start to reshape itself almost into something a bit more manageable um, and I didn't know whether your experience was somehow similar in that way. Yeah, I can really relate to that um, in, in sort of different ways. So, um, yeah, I think um, that sort of feeling of shame and, and being different from other people, so almost othered, was sort of one of the reasons why I found it really difficult to speak out in the first place. So, you know, being seen as weird or odd or, you know, unfixable or broken in some ways um but then as I got to sort of meet other people and and kind of um understand that you know everyone's different and um you know that that sort of differentness um different um that 
yeah that kind of helped in a lot of ways um and i think connecting with people um you know other people lgbt plus people was um was really helpful for that and and actually witnessing people um you know celebrating who they are without kind of um asking for other people's validity you know asking you know other people to validate them you know so mm. so simply just just being existing you know um and in in sort of all all the, if different ways you know how that is you know how uh, on a on a good day how that might seem but also on a bad day how that might seem as well um so yeah i think this sort of sense of shame um for me um actually the verbalizing where i am on a particular day or you know things like going to gp and and sort of having to overcome all the you know the fear of you know um you know saying this is this is what's going on for me um yeah i found that really difficult uh because as a, a a trans person i in order to sort of get um you know sort of trans specific um healthcare i needed to go to see my gp and you know and and tell her about it so yeah that kind of sense of shame was you know it's, it's really strong i think um and i think yeah. you know like you said um talking about it and uh you know can help you know sort of move things on a bit um yeah. yeah and I I completely sort of resonate with it being really difficult to approach people and ask for help or ask for specific types of health care and um, sometimes even just finding the words for that are really difficult yeah. because it's so tangled up in that kind of web of shame inside of you that you know I find I'm often really inarticulate when I go to the doctor and ask for something because I'm just like oh help <laughs> just absolutely because I just it's all tangled up and it all feels really uncomfortable and yeah it's just it's tricky isn't it and I you know I'm in therapy at the moment and obviously my husband will often ask you know what did you talk about how how did it go you know especially as I'm I'm doing EMDR therapy and so quite often uh once I finished a session I'm I'm in bits you know I'm I'm just kind of this mess of emotions and I can't really function um, and he'll come and try to comfort me and ask me if I want to talk about it. And I and I just literally don't have the words. And yeah, and yeah. I really wish I could sort of give him this like pricey of the session and just these are the topics we covered and this is what I've learned and this is what I need to do next. Yeah. But I just I'm not able to do that. It, yeah. it is so kind of jumbled inside of me and it often takes me, you know, a good number of days to be able to go oh okay and I can reflect back and I can sort of think yeah this is what I've learned from that and this is where I need to go so it but it's so it's it's so tricky (laughs) absolutely I think that processing of things you know um I think you know one of the things that I I think um you know when I was thinking what to talk about in this um in this session I was thinking you know for me one thing um that really helps is about that quiet space so taking that time out to do just that one thing to soothe myself. So if it's in a busy, uh, I don't know, work environment, that would be, you know, going into the toilet and just having like five minutes just of like mindfulness and, and breathing and soothing breathing, getting my um uh yeah, rhythm, soothing 
breathing rhythm mm. and, you know really kind of sound or if I'm at home you know and I might have been triggered by something say you know there's a lot of transphobic stuff going around at the moment on the media and sort of political stuff as well mm. um it might be that I just sort of take time out and, you know, go and curl up under the duvet for, for half an hour, you know, and it's that sort of self-soothing stuff that I think is really important and it can kind of help with the, the processing of everything. Um, yeah, because yeah. I think sometimes with the shame and stuff, it's almost like a, a trauma response. So, um, uh, you know, it's about, you know, just just really going with, with one thing at a time. That, that's kind of how I do it, really yeah definitely and and not being ashamed that you need to take that time to process and it's 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 a really tricky thing to do I think to accept that you need a bit of space or that you need some quiet time or that you need to you know take your medication whatever that might be for you um it can be really it can be really difficult and tied in with that concept of shame but the more you do it the easier it becomes to not feel upset about that yeah absolutely and I think you know as a as a counsellor and someone that supports other people you know it might be and and you you support other people as well in all sorts of ways so um you know sometimes it's you know we might think oh I don't know we're exempt from certain things (laughs) that we kind of suggest to other people you know but you know I I really um I practice a lot you know my self-care um techniques and those have got stronger um especially over this last sort of 18 months of pandemic stuff um yeah so it's something that I can I've kind of got this it's almost like a a clothes hanger of um of you know like tools that I can kind of grab or or you know um you know just get that um sort of structure in in some ways Um, I love that we all need a hanger of tools (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely so So the other thing I wanted to pick up on what you said was about the importance of community because that's something that I feel really strongly about in terms of supporting people with mental ill health and that you know the work that we're doing as the charity in terms of trying to educate communities and break down that stigma and just make sure that local communities are welcoming and supportive for people with the mental ill health um yeah. and and that's you know that's why way back at the beginning of my kind of journey to starting the charity I started a peer support group for people with um postnatal depression because I wanted to feel like I wasn't alone like I was part of a community of people yeah. who understood what I was experiencing um because a that helps with the shame but b it also gives you a different perspective on what you're going through uh, and yeah. I wondered whether that sense of community is something that you find has been really beneficial for you yeah definitely and and um you know sort of more even more so during the pandemic when we've not been able to meet um people you know sort of face to face so yeah for me um uh linking in with people it kind of um it can feel really isolating you know sort of sitting with your own um stuff uh you know processing stuff um for me you know I've got um diagnosis of gender dysphoria you know which is a a medical diagnosis but and it was um seen as a mental um you know uh ill health um uh thing but 
it's been um, reclassified now. But for me, um, it means um, distress, you know, in, in different ways. So um, I think talking to other people that, you know, have got a similar idea of, of actually how it feels and that lived experience um, can be really helpful. Um, I mean, there aren't that many trans people around. So, you know, when you do kind of get to, to meet them, um, it's, it's really sort of um, validating. And, um, yeah, over the, um, the last sort of year, I've um, I set up a course for, um, for trans people. So it was a wellbeing course for trans people, so, um, which I wrote. And I had it in my wow. head, like, over the last sort of few years. Um, but what I've done is um, incorporated... A compassionate mindfulness um assertiveness skills something called feel the fear and do it anyway um things about body uh you know about how you see your body um you know as a trans person body you know may may not sort of link up with with how i feel i am inside so that is a you know really big part of that so we talk about um body positivity and um you know sort of expectations of different things um and yeah and also you know just sort of being kind to ourselves in in the process you know um sort of linking up with people um talking about um you know different cultures and how trans people have always been around but you know we might have been under the radar in different ways but um in different cultures you know we've all, always been around um so it's not we're not freaks or weirdos um we're, we're kind of people that are just getting along with um everyday things um and that course was just amazing because um some of the people that were on the course um hadn't met met any other trans people wow um, at all so they felt really you know isolated um so some of the feedback from them was you know it it was it's kind of almost changed their outlook um and they feel kind of they feel their authentic selves and um you know it's really powerful yeah you know, that's amazing um, yeah um yeah oh, so I, I was just yeah so it was great to be able to to deliver that um so yeah. um yeah I think that's magic and I think you know the work that you're doing in in bringing communities together but also just connecting people with different tools to help them find their way you know that's just that's we need so much more of that don't we and I think um I, I'm determined to reclaim the word weird or weirdo because that's definitely been a constant theme throughout my life is that that's what I've heard about myself and felt about myself and do you know what what is normal anyway I am going to celebrate my weirdness in all its glory and just be done with it <laughs> That's, that's brilliant I, I love that and within the lgbt plus community um you know um queer is a word that's been reclaimed and you know some people equate that to the word weird in some ways and um so you know many people um within lgbt plus community are are um yeah reclaiming that word queer um yeah. as a sort of sense of of empowerment and um you know sort of celebration of difference and i think yeah. that's you know we, we're all different but we're all human and we're all equal and valid so um yeah, yeah I and I you know I've struggled with labels like I don't I don't really like labels but then I find like when but when I figured out that I have anxiety and OCD I was like oh that actually really helps 
but generally speaking I don't like labels but I do so I identify as queer and that is my like that's the happiest label I've ever found (laughs) like it makes me really happy to go oh yeah because I really struggle with bisexual or pansexual and I was like no they don't feel right for me whereas queer does and I'm like yes I'm a weird queer person I'm happy (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that is all good yeah yeah it's all good yeah and actually you know going back to the shame thing that we were talking about um I've only just sort of realized um there's two things um that are um you know that I've uh two bits of terminology that I've found um and when I've got my head around them they make sense and I can kind of move on from them and that's um one of internalized phobia so internalized homophobia transphobia biphobia and the other one is minority stress so um you know both of those uh sort of um like encapsulate you know the the sort of issues of you know society and um you know being different or you know um outcasts or you know not good enough in some ways um so um yeah so when i do my work um you know i really sort of link into that and um and you know sort of shame is often a, a part of that so um yeah, yeah compassionate mindfulness has really um been seen within um lgbt communities to um to help with um internalized phobia and um and shame so um yeah so it's sort of going from a place of shame to to pride you know so this yeah. is kind of you know hopefully the journey that um you know i'm i'm on myself but i can help other, other people you know sort of um sort of I don't know just show a different you know different way to be really oh I love that Max that's just so amazing um and that brings us really nicely to your change one thing what what is your one thing that you'd recommend for us yeah well I've been really cheeky about this Hannah (laughs) because you did say change one thing but I've I've done I've got change one thing for myself um change one thing for other people and change one thing for society so awesome (laughs) so the change one thing for myself is about um continuing to um take my uh quiet time and space for myself when I need to um yeah so that's that's um that's my one thing for me and then for other people um it's about taking time to listen to someone else. Um, it could be someone that you meet in the street. It could be, you know, someone at work. It could be a family member, but just take some time to to really listen, you know, listen as if you're, you know, not going to tell that person your stuff, but listen just for them, you know. Um, and then society-wise, um, conversion therapy is still legal in this country, um, as it is with, in many other countries but um you know there's i'm really trying to get across to people that you know conversion therapy which means um uh some therapists and it might be um people of faith um doing it as part of uh, a a religion um where people try to um convert someone from their um true gender identity or sexual orientation so I mean obviously this is really harmful for, for people's mental health um so um yeah so there's a com- campaign at the moment um to to ban conversion therapy so that's my one thing um I really can't say any 
you know, as yeah, really strongly um, yeah. believe that needs to change. Um, yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, I think that's my um, my uh, one thing. <laughs> my three, <laughs> I love three that. Things. <laughs> Your three things. Well, this is a special yeah. episode. It's it's all good. Yeah. And I think you know, um, we can share the link to the campaign in the show notes so that people can get on board and support because. We all know how it feels when we're trying to live a life that doesn't align with our true selves. We all know how difficult it is to try and fit in that tiny little box that society wants to put us in. And if we don't fit in it, how uncomfortable that feels. And you know, the fact that this is still legal is just atrocious. So yeah. um, we will all get behind the campaign and uh, hopefully yeah. see some progress, which would be really positive. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And oh. yeah, just to sort of maybe end, um, I don't know if you want to end now or carry on, but <laughs> there's, um, you know, um, so just to say that Switzerland have made same-sex marriage legal um, this week. Amazing. So there's 30 other countries, well, in, that means 30 countries in the world um, have legalised same-sex marriage. Um, Scotland has just made LGBT plus awareness sessions in school mandatory so that fantastic which is really amazing um, because it's about us being visible um, and not going under the radar or not being pushed you know under the radar Um, and just to say you know that 48 percent of young trans people have suicidal thoughts due to their gender identity um you know and I think it's just sort of highlighting you know the effects that this can have on people um so sort of growing up it's really important that you know LGBT plus people are visible but also there are allies you know within our communities so um yeah part of what I'm doing is is raising awareness and um yeah thanks for this um you know opportunity in in this session today as well it's really really good oh Um, you're so welcome max i really believe in what you're doing i just think it's so important that we educate and that we celebrate and that we just move things forward because frankly we're making progress but it's been too long coming and it's too slow (laughs) i'm very impatient (laughs) i want everything fixed now (laughs) absolutely yeah 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 if i could wave a magic wand and it'll be okay I really would Um, yeah definitely so we've just got to keep it keep it at the forefront of people's minds and just keep having the conversation so I really really appreciate you joining me today Max it's just been fab to speak to you thank you so much thanks Hannah yeah great to be here thank you thank you so much for listening today Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it's ready and to help other people find us. See you next time.